Hey, it's Jordan. We'll open up the Chill Factory in about 10 seconds. Do you have the Chill Factory app yet? It's a great way to relax between episodes and all the time. Stay tuned to the end of this episode, and I'll give you a password so that you and 25 other listeners can use all of the Chill Factory app's features for free. He changed my life at 12, and he never knew it. So it was really exciting to be able to tell him that in person. And now I consider him a part of my journey forever. Welcome to the Chill Factory, where we make work, school, relationships, and life less stressful. I'm Jordan Friedman. Have you ever had an idea or a hobby or a passion that you wanted to pursue? Did you ever do anything with it? Maybe you're still dreaming about doing something more with those cooking skills or that book idea or that device that will reduce world hunger. These interests, when unsatisfied, can cause a constant current of stress, especially when we're not so satisfied with our work or other life situations. This episode of The Chill Factory is about a book, baseball, a road trip, an appearance on The Tonight Show, food, people, and more. But at its core, it's about pursuing a dream. I've invited Adam Bloom to be my guest as a case study and hopefully an inspiration for pursuing an interest or a passion, whatever it might be, and therefore to feel more satisfied and less stressed. Adam Bloom loves stadiums and all of the trimmings that go with them. He's known as the Stadium Guy, and over his lifetime, he's visited every Major League Baseball stadium, every spring training facility, and every National Basketball Association stadium in the U.S. He's had a lot of hot dogs, has sat on the Tonight Show sofa, and along the way has worked at AOL, the NBA, and CBS. Adam also has what might be one of the rarest collections of something. Yes, it's related to stadiums, and we'll talk about it after the interview. Adam, tell me about your first encounter with a stadium. You know, I uh, was very lucky to have grown up in Los Angeles in the 80s. I was lucky enough to attend uh, games both at Dodger Stadium and uh, the Great Western Forum. And those memories, I think, kind of kicked off my uh, initial passion for just being at stadiums surrounded by fans who were in love with the same players. It was the food. It was the old-time ushers who would take us to our seats. It was a warm summer night. It was the darkness in your seats and the bright lights. It was all of that, you know. And, And again, being with family and and friends and 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 a city that was super excited about these teams was just an incredible feeling those memories of being in those stadiums i think sparked this uh, huge desire to want to go back and experience it again so how did you go from being that stadium boy to today being the stadium guy take us on a trip around the bases, if you will. <laughs> uh, you know, it all started when I was 12 years old. I read a book called Dodger Dogs to Fenway Franks. And it was about this school teacher who did a trip to all the baseball stadiums during his summer break. And he literally evaluated every stadium. He graded 
the food and the atmosphere and the seats and all these different things at the stadium. And um, when I read that, I just knew at that point that that was a journey that I wanted to go on. Uh, there were 28 stadiums at the time, and it felt like an incredible adventure. It was just one of those things that uh, became, you know, my number one bucket list item. And, and at 12, I just knew it, you know, later in life, I would want to try and see them all and, and just kind of check them all off. And then uh, in college, during my summer break, I felt like it was the right time to make this happen. And uh, I talked to a very close friend of mine and told him, I think this is the time to do it. And he was 100% on board. He said, I'm in. And uh, our plan was to rent a van and just figure out how to get to uh, all the stadiums in the country. At the time, I thought, you know what? This could actually be something maybe somebody might want to sponsor. And so I decided to write letters to companies like Nike, Spalding, you know, anybody that was tied to sports. Um, but I also wrote letters to, at the time, David Letterman, I thought would be the perfect sponsor for this. He was a big baseball fan. And I also wrote to uh, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. I didn't hear back from too many people, um, but I did get a, uh, a call from The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And uh, to my surprise, they said, you know, we'd love for you to come down to the show and pitch us this idea that you had. Well, at this time, I <laughs> recruited a couple more friends and kind of explained to them, you know, this is something that is a possibility, who knows, but, and then one day um, we got a call uh, from The Tonight Show and they said that they were going to take a chance on us. Um, they would only be with us for two weeks. We would get a 32-foot motorhome. And after those two weeks, they would decide whether or not they were going to stay with us. They they sent a, a person with us to, to film us and we shot each other. And, you know, that, that, that just, I couldn't believe it. You know, it was a, a really a dream come true, and and we um, and then we prepared for for that trip in a, in a much different way than I thought we were going to. So after that stadium tour over a summer uh, with the Tonight Show, you did what with this interest? At that point, I just wanted to continue doing it, and at the time they were building new stadiums almost every year. So I felt like when a new one was built, I was, you know, my, my trip was incomplete in a weird way. Uh, at one point I could say that I'd been to all the stadiums in the country. And then when a new one was built, I couldn't really say that anymore. So for me, you know, I kind of made a commitment for the rest of my life, to be honest, to say whenever a new baseball stadium opens up, I'm going to go to it. Then, Adam, you got jobs. Many of these jobs were connected to sports and to broadcasting. Was the desire to be out on the road, visiting stadiums, building the Stadium Guy brand, was that always with you? And was it gnawing at you that this is what you really want to be doing full time? You know, I think initially I didn't really think that there was a way to create a career around going to stadiums. I think that that happened a little bit later in life when, um, you know, social media took off and, and, and just kind of the digital marketplace really exposed people who were 
you know, very passionate about their own careers. Initially for me, it was just telling my friends, hey, uh, I'm going to the stadium. Do you want to come with me? Trying to meet different people in different stadiums and, and just visit different cities around America. I think later as, you know, I saw people who were able to potentially get their own sponsorships for doing things like this, I was, I, I thought, you know what, this could be really something great, especially because I felt like, you know, I've been doing it for such a long period of time. Now you are putting your foot on the gas where the stadium guy is concerned. You are committed to making more of it and maybe making it a full-time thing. What, what happened to make this happen? After I went to all of the baseball stadiums, I then said, I got to continue doing this in some way. So I decided to go to all the spring training stadiums, which is a form of baseball, you know, before the year starts only in Florida and Arizona. And then I happened to get a job at the National Basketball Association. And with that job, it took me to a number of NBA stadiums just as part of the job. And once I got to about half of them, I said, all right, I need to continue on to try and complete this. And then college football, college basketball, golf. I just started looking at, you know, not only stadiums, but events like the Super Bowl or the World Series. Just I, I wanted to kind of try and do it all. And I, and I would talk to people about this. You know, I was lucky that when I happened to be on The Tonight Show for this crazy idea, it was, I was young, uh, you know, I was a pretty young guy. So most of the people that I've met in my life since then and who knew me kind of know of this story. So as I talk to people and, and they continually ask me like, where's next or where are you going to go? I realized that, you know, it was inspiring to people. I think that especially kids, you know, I, I would talk to a lot of kids or, or kids of my friends about what I do and, or even at stadiums when I would, you know, meet with kids there every once in a while and they would just really be inspired by it. They, they would set their own stadiums that they wanted to go to. And we would talk for quite a while. And I thought, you know what, I think this, could be something that could really inspire people. And, and the truth is, you know, the traveling piece is, is, is a big part of this. You know, the stadiums is really the crux of it, but, but visiting different cities across America and learning about, you know, how these stadiums impact those cities and, and meeting people from all over the country is, is really something that I also love and really try and push people to do. This, you know, this, this type of journey has no political piece to it. And there are people from all walks of life and all different perspectives who love doing this type of thing. And, and I just, I love that piece of it as well. How did you deal with any frustration you may have had along the way with really wanting to be the stadium guy in a bigger way, but not being able to? Because that is a stressor and a frustration for a lot of people who do have something they want to pursue but feel that they can't because they're stuck in a job, they don't have the money, they don't feel they have the tools, or they're just scared because it's something new and unknown. I understand all of that, and I appreciate it, and I recognize that that stress for sure. And it's, it's challenging. I mean, it's definitely challenging. I think for me, um, one of the ways that I have dealt with it is, you know, 
I've been able to reconnect with a lot of people and I, I kind of put together what I consider mentors or people that I feel like I could reach out to and talk to about when I, when I get stuck or I get stressed out to really walk through the challenges that I'm having and, and, and get that confidence that I may need to move forward. I really do reach out to those folks when um, I kind of need that extra support. Um, and that's something that I, you know, I would recommend. It's, it's a little more challenging when it comes to trying to get finance or, or, or other things like that. There's also taking moments to just close your eyes, take a deep breath, remember why you're doing this, what your ultimate goal is. And that, you know, in many cases, it's hopefully to kind of better this world. And I think that, you know, thinking along those larger lines can help push you forward. And sometimes living your dream, living it full time, doesn't always have to be the end goal. You could live your dream part time for a while or forever because maybe at least getting some satisfaction that you're pursuing your passion or pursuing your dream will be enough to excite you in a way that that you've not been excited before. A hundred percent. One thing that I you know did recently was I found that writer who wrote that book when I was 12 years old called Dodger Dogs to Fenway Franks. He just retired as, a, as that school teacher in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I decided to fly out there. I took him to lunch. We had soup and uh, recounted his journey and my journey. And it really was super inspiring and to me. And, and now I consider him a mentor. We are going to continue to talk. And we left that lunch saying, we we're going to go to a stadium together and watch a game, watch a baseball game together. I've been looking for him for 10 years. I never could get in touch with him. And, and um, just finding him and, and telling him, you know, when I was on The Tonight Show, I mentioned his book. He had never known that. I watched him watch the video of the show for the first time and film that, which was like incredible to me. You know, he changed my life at 12 and he never knew it. So it was really exciting to be able to tell him that in person. And now I consider him a, a friend and a mentor that I think is going to be a part of my journey forever. Wow, that's really cool. And sometimes those experiences are enough to fill your tank so that you can keep going for a long time. So last question, Adam. What are three really cool things about stadiums that most people probably wouldn't know. You know, I have to start off by saying the people. I mean, I just love going to these games again with people that have the same passions and interests as I do. You know, I am always looking for the old time ushers and hearing, you know, talking to them about, you know, baseball back in the day and 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 then there are fans around me that, you know, you give high fives to that you've never met before when something exciting happens. I mean, just that whole community is is a huge part to me of of the stadiums i think also what these stadiums represent to the community and and to these fans and you know it's just incredible to see uh the impact that a championship team can have towards that city and that that is the first thing you know i think that the aspect that it presents for kids is really important to me you know i see so many kids at these games that um, you know are there with their with their 
parents or their grandparents or with other kids. And, you know, it's just a, a great way to kind of get out and be outside and be away from the screens. And I just think it's a, a you know, the sport is just so fantastic. There's such a history to it. And look, I got to give a shout out to the food. You know, it's there, there really is uh, something super unique about, you know, sitting there with, uh, in my case, I love being at Camden Yards with, with some uh, barbecue ribs, smelling that fresh cut grass while the sun is setting behind the stadium. That's kind of one of my favorite stadiums out there. And, and uh, the food is really unique these days. I mean, it's kind of incredible the different options that you can now get at stadiums. I mean, I, I still love a, you know, original Dodger dog, but um, the food is, is really, um, you know, a, a great part of stadiums too. Well, Adam Bloom, the stadium guy, thanks for helping us be mindful about stadiums and baseball as we head into another baseball season in the U.S. Adam, thanks so much for coming by the Chill Factory. It's my pleasure, and thank you for everything that you do, and I just wish everybody uh, less stress and plan a trip to a stadium. You're going to love it. Remember that rare collection of Adams I mentioned during the intro? Well, this is kind of gross, but while he and his friends were touring baseball stadiums around the U.S., The Tonight Show asked him to collect the spit of baseball players. They do spit a lot, and I think it's safe to say that Adam has the largest collection of Major League Baseball player saliva in the world. And he brought it along with him during his appearance on The Tonight Show. That segment is on video, and we'll put it in the episode notes. Deep breathing techniques are popular and effective stress reducers, which is why I teach them sometimes here on The Chill Factory. When I teach them to audiences, the most common question I get is, should I breathe through my nose or through my mouth? This is a really good question, and the answer is an important one, if we want to maximize the stress reduction benefits of these techniques. And the answer is inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. More specifically, when you take air in, close your mouth and inhale through your nose. And then when you exhale, open your lips just a little bit and blow the air out gently as if you're blowing it through a straw. One more tip for maxing the relaxing of deep breathing exercises. You want to exhale for a little longer than you inhale. So if you take breath in, let's say for four or five seconds, you want to blow that air out for five or six seconds. Let's try it a couple of times with a little help from Damien. And remember, inhale through your nose, blow the air out through your mouth, and exhale for a little bit longer than you inhale. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale.
Damien is one of our soothing deep breathing coaches in the breather feature, one of many rapid relaxers on the Chill Factory app. And you and 24 other listeners can get the Chill Factory and use all of its features for free for one year from the original post date of this episode by downloading the Chill Factory from the App Store or Google Play and then entering the password STADIUM when prompted. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. We have more resources at thechillfactory.net, and you can leave a voice comment or question there. Just look for the blue tab on the right side of any site page. Be sure to subscribe or follow The Chill Factory so you'll know when new episodes are available. And if you liked something you heard on this or any episode, we'd love it if you rated or reviewed The Chill Factory wherever you get your podcasts. And as chemist, author, and Nobel Peace Prize winner Linus Pauling said, the best way to have a good idea is to have a lot of ideas.